rolling. Hello. And welcome to Filmcraft. The Filmcraft experience. Added a lisp there. <laughs> I think it worked. I think so. Alright, let's jump right into it, Latif, because we are recording many episodes in preparation for our departures and the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are we talking about? Today we're going to briefly touch on a note from Picture Lock. Picture Lock! (laughs) That's one of them. (laughs) Must be announced loud and suddenly. Um, And into the air. And... Someone's like, okay, we gotta do this thing. <laughs> we gotta yell picture lock. The director's like, why? What do you mean, why? It's what, that, it's what that, you do. <laughs> doesn't everyone do that? Um, and then we're gonna briefly touch on um, some post-production stuff that's like handing a project over or if you have to leave a project and another person comes on. And, and the logistics of how all that comes together. I was going to yell that after you said it too, but that was like four sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain just explodes. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about credits! Yes. We're going to briefly touch on credits. Yeah. And that should cover this episode. Yeah, man. Okay. So, uh, the main reason we're going to talk a little bit about Pitcher Lock is just because Latif had an additional thought. Yeah. So what's your thought? Last episode, we were talking about how important it was to not change things and, you know, it makes things difficult for everyone. Uh, but that, at the end of the day, I think you still need to make important decisions that change things sometimes. So if you're picture locked and you're watching something and it came to you late and you're like, oh wow, this thing is not doing it for me or really it would just really make the movie better to change it yeah then sometimes you have to bite the bullet and make a change and Mm. and ruffle some timelines and change some things up it'll be a slight inconvenience for everyone but you know there are times where you have to do that and I think it it will happen to everyone at some point where you've picture locked and then a week later or like two weeks later you're like oh shit this thing must be changed or or the scene isn't working, even though yeah. it's that. Uh, these are things you can't control. Sometimes it just happens, and you've picture locked, and you're and you're sure about it, and then like a week later, you're like, oh no. So that yeah. was just like the additional note I had. I don't want it to seem like picture lock is like the the end, and mm-hmm. you can't change anything because if yeah. you have to, then you have to, right? Yeah, and we kind of talked touched on that last week too. The idea of like if you the big studio movies like they have enough money to just go ahead and change things on a whim right because they can hire unlimited kind of guys and like ideally you probably shouldn't do that on our level but if it really needs to be done like you said it's permanent but it's not set in stone yeah so like heavily avoid at all costs but if it's something that's gonna make your movie that much better like maybe go for it I wouldn't say like, if someone came up to you and they're like, oh, man, I just really don't like this one line of dialogue, and they were picture-locked, it, it's not a deal-breaker, but they just don't dig it. Would you tell them to change it or be like, just suck it up at that point? Like, something tiny? Mm, if it's, like, this shot is, like, a second longer than it should be, mm-hmm. you might be able to let that go. But if it's, like, 
there's an extra shot in the sequence that just ruins everything, mm-hmm. then you have to change it sometimes. Yeah. So it depends on how how important the, the little change is. Um, and, and you'll know that from from incident to incident. Sweet. Okay. Well, I guess we've done that. So the second thing we're going to touch on was uh, last week when we were just finishing up before picture lock, Latif took over editing a video for like a marketing company kind of thing. Yeah, I, I work at a marketing agency during the daytime, and I do editing there. Yeah, and you mentioned how they had hired a guy that coincidentally you had known through film school, and he's one of the guys that you wouldn't mind like taking over and editing with. And I thought that was interesting later on because. The thought, like, I didn't ask anything more of it at the time, but then the thought came later of, does he mean that from an organization standpoint or a style standpoint or something else that I just haven't thought of? So I figured I would ask you, and we haven't really prepped. So there's my question. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that was really... I mean, the story is I I was working at the day job, and then there was a new editor that was working on a project, and he did some work on it, and I came in, and I continued working on the project and I was like oh it's a very organized project I can find everything and I can finish the project easily so that means like he he bins pretty well the same as you do kind of it, well no not not even that because my the way I, my setup is a little different than his but it's set up in a way where I could read everything mm-hmm. and it's organized and in, in like a a proper structure where it makes sense it's not just like a bunch of crap thrown on onto a project um, and we like he's someone that I went to film school with he's a, a good friend and, and a filmmaker that I collaborate with sometimes mm. and I find I found out he was working there because he texted me and he's like hey man I'm at this place and you're logged into Vimeo on a computer here and I was like oh yeah turns out he was uh, working there part time for a few days um yeah, like it was just one of those mo- funny moments where I was like, oh, this is a really clean project. And it turns out it was the same guy. You know, being clean and organized and make, having your shit all together really does pay off because other people will kind of appreciate that. Um, especially at that place where I work, like it, folder structures and like files and like projects, like it's all over the place. It's a shit show. Mm-hmm. There's like 17 hard drives with different pieces of footage. <laughs> Sometimes it's really hard to find things, so like those little moments you you appreciate, I think those make a big difference. So it's time to. So if it was from a, a film perspective, say someone out there is listening, they got a director or an editor, sorry, that they're not really digging, and they're gonna go up to this editor and say, "Look, we're gonna go hire another editor. Can you please get all this stuff ready mm-hmm. for them? What would you recommend that that editor does? How do they organize everything to make it good?" You know. Um, I mean, if you've done a good job from the beginning, it should be pretty much good to go. I think the only thing to take into consideration is if they haven't hired anyone, they, the, the new person coming onto the project might be working with a different program. Mm. And if that's the case, there's not a lot you can do there. You can just save the file. I recommend exporting an XML, which is just like a a, f- uh, a file that gives you the structure of the project where you can import it into a few different programs and it gives you the same uh, timeline um, so you could do that um, other than that there's not a lot of extra you could do I- I'd say just clean up your project a little because 
you know, as as much as I like to keep my stuff organized, shit gets messy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now, like at the office, uh, we had like a bunch of deadlines for a bunch of videos that we needed to get together before um, everyone had to take off, mm-hmm. and there were files everywhere, and I was like sending stuff and jumping between different uh, projects like every three minutes. Like it was a lot of stuff going on, but. You know, it got a little messy, but not to the point where I didn't know what was going on. Mm. And I think it'll be the same for other people. Just make sure, even if things are a little crazy looking, make sure you know what's going on. Because um, when you do have some time, you can finally put things together or in a, in a way where someone else can actually look at it and make sense of it. I think that's the biggest killer when it comes to um, projects is like when things are all over the place, like you waste so much time trying to figure something out. Whereas if that was solved already, you could just go through the project instead of worrying about like all that stuff. Keep your shit organized. Yeah. Bottom I've, line. I've said that a bunch <laughs> of times, I think. I think it's something that you can't really say too much, though. No. You know? Because like, the reality is like I've worked with tons of different people mm-hmm. since like I left film school, which was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And... I've never met anyone who organizes a project the way I do. Do you mean the way, like the style you do, or like organizes well? Organizes well. Really? No, because everyone just like throws everything into the project. Yeah. You know, I think that can come down to things other than editing too. I remember when we did party stories, like contracts, promo materials, anything associated with party stories other than the footage, like right before we shot. Yeah. I just had in my hard drive of my computer like no folders no nothing it was just like all over the place yeah and I would just like search something and I'd be like fuck I can't find this what is it <laughs> but uh, for Popsicle right from the start just opened a Google Drive folder dropped it all in there yeah Popsicle as soon as I put something in there it was like I put a script in there yeah. and I'm like do I have a script folder because I'm going to put all the different revisions of it all yeah. the reshoots everything in there if you don't just make it and just that one little thing. Another big thing that I think people should consider is like you have to send stuff to people constantly. Mm-hmm. And you've got to organize like your stuff in a way where you can do that easily. Yeah. So if you like localize projects, uh, like files into a project folder, um, like I recommend Google Drive as well. Yeah, like it's I, great. I use Google Drive um, and I think I've got like 100 gigabytes of space that mm-hmm. I purchased. And that's for a whole year and it was really affordable. Yeah. Um, but it just makes life so much easier. Like if I need to send someone like a, you know, a full version of the movie, which I do to you every like other week, yeah. it's super easy. I don't have yeah. to worry about like, oh, where do I do it and all that crap. Yeah, totally. And on the note of like sharing stuff, actually I'll touch on one other thing. You said 100 gigs. I only have 15 and I don't pay for it. Yeah. We've done two movies. Everything in the podcast we have on this Google Drive. I have personal stuff like vacation and website yeah. stuff. And I'm only a third used up of the 15 gigs. Yeah. So, like, you're transferring full files, sound files, movies, stuff yeah. like that. You need the bigger one, but for your average, like, writer or whatever, the free one's going to be fine. So don't get discouraged if it's like, I don't want to pay for something. You probably don't have to. Yeah. And I just open a folder with our new movie, mm-hmm. and I shared the entire folder with you. Yeah. Everything I put in there just automatically gets sent to you. Yeah. So every time I do something, I don't have to write an email type in your email say hey man this is that 
attach the document and send it. I just drop it in this folder and it automatically tells you. And then you'll yeah. just be able to go into it, see like there's something new in scripts and then open that. So it saves you so much time on that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I get the podcast every week. You just yeah. upload it to a folder and I just download it. Yeah. I don't actually have to send anything to anyone. Yeah, we just did it five seconds ago. Yeah, so, yeah, that that's the thing. I think that saves a lot of time as well. Like, Google Drive has, I don't know if everyone knows this, but a lot of people I tell are like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Like, you have 15 gigabytes of mm-hmm. free space. Which is a lot. Which is a lot if mm-hmm. you're just using, using, like, files and little videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Because um, I think Dropbox only gives you two gigabytes. Yeah, because we tried using Dropbox at first, and we couldn't even really get anything up no, on there. I hate Dropbox. Yeah. I don't use it. Um, I've been using Google Drive. I just like the interface. It looks cleaner to me. Mm, and it's super easy, too. Yeah. And then... Um, Plus, if you have Gmail already, you don't have to sign up for another thing. No, yeah, that's the, that's the thing I like. Like All of your Google services are kind of linked up and mm-hmm. under one account so it makes life super easy and I have two um, Gmail accounts so technically I have an extra 15 gigabytes yep. of space so uh, yeah I'd recommend I'm not just I'm not just trying to plug Google right now yeah. but I'm saying for people it actually there, is good Google Drive is a really good yeah. service we do not get money or anything from them it's just that it's actually good no no they're they've made some good products yeah so yeah totally yeah that, that helps with organization. So. Yeah. So bottom line, like whether it's <coughs> editing, writing, pre-production, post, anything, just organize your stuff. And I'll be the first to say, like, this is the best I've ever been at it at my, in my life. And I still consider it kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But anytime I'm doing it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. I just think of the, oh, <laughs> the other side of it where it's like, if I didn't do this, I'd be spending 10 times the amount of time doing this. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know if this is like a myth, but I know some people have this idea in their brain, like creative people aren't organized. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super dumb. Yeah, yeah. Because we when it need comes to be the most organized. I know, well, I don't mean in terms of like life in general. I mean in terms of like the thing you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like filmmaking and that type of work, I'm pretty organized with all this stuff because I don't want to lose any of it. It's very important to me. But when it comes to other aspects of my life, it's a shit show. Yeah, clothes on the floor. My room is a disaster. Yeah. You know, like, everything is awful. I'm, I'm super late for everything all the time. <laughs> I never answer my phone. Like, these are things that are not film-related mm-hmm. that I'm awful at. But all my film stuff is in check. Yeah. So ironically, when people work with me, like, oh, you're so organized and everything's so nice... And then I go home and I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> I just put my sweatpants on. You know, if there's anything you should be organized with, it's the thing that you're trying to actively do yeah. well in. <laughs> yeah, and you want to impress people, that's going to help. Yeah. All right, so what's our third thing we're talking about? Ask because I've actually totally forgotten. Oh, man. Me too. <laughs> God damn. We were going to talk about credits. We figured it out. Yeah, yeah, we forgot. This is how much we don't plan. We don't even write down the topics. <laughs> no. I just show up with a mayonnaise sandwich. Ew. And then I try to figure out. You, you'll figure out what the mayonnaise sandwich is next episode. Why do you say mayonnaise like that? Mayonnaise? Yeah, that's how you say it. Mayonnaise. No, no. Mayonnaise. No, it's mayonnaise. That's how it's spelled. It doesn't matter. It's still mayonnaise. No, you know no. English is weird like that. I've been saying it like that my whole life. 
Well, I guess either is acceptable. You know what isn't acceptable? Caramel. It's not caramel. It's caramel. Yummy, gooey stuff. Yeah, the candies. Yeah, caramel. No, it's caramel. (laughs) Don't do that with (laughs) you. Leave me alone. I'm going to eat my mayonnaise. (laughs) Dip it in caramel. (laughs) Ew, that'd be so gross. Anytime Kate gets a ga- uh, grapefruit, ask her if she's going to eat it Homer style, where he just cuts it in half, dunks <laughs> it in sugar, sugar and sucks it off, <laughs> and throws the grapefruit away. <laughs> it's one of the funniest animations I've ever seen. Uh, all right, so yeah, credits. We're going to talk about credits a little bit. It's going to be a very short topic, because there's not much to do in credits. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's some insight we can give. Yeah, definitely. So we are just starting credits on our new movie, yeah. because we have picture lock and... It's time. Um, so, the credits we're doing in this movie are different than Party Stories. Party Stories, we decided to go a little bit more out there and more of a comedic style where we showed video of every person in the film, in the film involved with the film, did a little freeze frame and a, a little funny thing. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really worked well for Party Stories. Yeah. I mean, it was such a short movie that it... it filled it up a little and made it feel more Mm -hmm. whole as well yeah and I think that's a really common thing you see in comedies too the credits with you know bloopers or outtakes or something like that yeah which is really strange if you watch the Death Note movie the Netflix one there's a theory out there have you seen it? No. It's not the greatest movie, but there's a theory out there that it was recut because it was originally shot as a really black comedy and it's like it's trying to be a drama yeah but the end, they have these credits with bloopers and stuff, and it's really strange to see that after a dramatic movie. Right. And it almost seems like it... There's a good YouTube theory on it. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure you could find it pretty easily. But, yeah, if you're doing a comedy or something more lighthearted like that, uh, those kind of credits might work for you. Mm-hmm. You can also try it out with, like, other things. Maybe... I doubt it would work for a horror or something, but try it. See if it fits for your movie. And then there's just your classic rolling credits, which... Yeah we've decided to do for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, rolling credits are kind of... Traditional. Well, I wouldn't say traditional, because back in the day, rolling credits wasn't really a thing. Really? They would just have, like, a couple of slates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and then that was it. Um, rolling credits, like, it's become a standard now, like, everyone mm. does it. But, you know, there's some <coughs> movies that try to change things up, and, you know, at the end of Noah, like, Aronofsky's... I never like, saw that one epic film mm-hmm. like his credits have like a weird background and some like animation lines that go behind it stuff like that mm. so you, you know you can change it up or whatever but I think for the most part people want their credits to be simple and, yeah. and quick yeah definitely I mean if I could get all my credits on one page I'd do it yeah but I don't think it's possible with a Length yeah, and one of the things we've done for this is, as soon as we cut to black, we're showing just the the names of the two leads, then the names of the movie, yeah, or the name, not names, um, and then we have like another little thing to play after it, and then your straight rolling credits. Yeah. But what are the things that people need people need to acquire to do their credits? Obviously, you need to know who's your cast and your crew, but what else? What else would you say to get? No, well, even something that we had a little bit of guessing with today was like we had extras in our movie. Yeah. Um, but some of them we didn't know personally. It yeah. was like someone's friend brought another dude, mm-hmm. and we were both like, "Who the hell is that guy?" Because <laughs> we just didn't know who he was. 
Um, so like on the day, we, like me and Matt were like super busy with like a million things. Directing and cinematography. <laughs> yeah, so we couldn't, you know, get everyone's name down. So I think just have someone on your production, like your AD or producer that makes sure everyone has a release and yeah. knows who everyone is on set. That way you can quickly look at it when you're doing credits and post. Yeah. Yep. So that's, you know, that's a big one, I think. Yeah. Another one that's good to do is just a special thanks. Someone helped you out, just thank them in the credits. Whether it's like a buddy let me shoot at his apartment or in our case someone hooked us up with free lights so, you know, we got to thank them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a nice little, you know, I'll thank you in a movie. It's something not every everyone's going to get in their life. I think it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I would keep those in mind. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to touch on that I think, you know, some first-time filmmakers or some, you know, more technical filmmakers might have to think about or have gone through. Mm. Um, I definitely went through this when I worked on my first, like, kind of uh, experimental film. I did, like, 90% of the technical work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a director slash cinematographer. Um, they were kind of one job in this project. And then I also did uh, choreography for the performers. Mm-hmm. And then I did the color and the editing and the sound and all this other stuff and music. Yeah. So I've got like 30 credits on it, but it's my project. Yeah. You know, like I was like um, the, the lead on it and I thought of the idea and kind of did everything. Um, but I also had like a bunch of p- other people working on it. Mm-hmm. So when it came to credits, I was like, "Oh, I did all these positions, so I'll just put my name in the credits for all of them." Mm-hmm. And then after the fact, I looked at the credits. I'm like, "I look nuts." Yep, big I look, time. I look crazy. Cause big time. Like, my name is in the credits like yep. a lot, so I just look like I'm some sort of psycho. Yeah, if you're in that circumstance, I think like you just go with like the writer, director, maybe producer. But yeah, like, knock off, don't do crafty or choreography or stuff like that. Well, the only reason I put those other credits was because they felt like really important positions. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that a crafty isn't. Yeah. But if I also was crafty, I wouldn't put that in the credits. Yeah. (laughs) But as a filmmaker, I'm like, oh, these are all good filmmaking things that I've done. I want to put in the credits so I can have the credit. and I could have left some of those things off but at the same time I think you've got to be decisive about what you want to keep in there Mm. Um, so if you work on a project and you've done like five things think of like the top three that you might want to have under your name and stick to those and then and the other ones you don't have to credit them you know like you don't have to give a name to them I think um on one of my short films I was the director slash cinematographer again I think that's just like how I like to shoot things mm-hmm. um, and I just gave myself a directing credit yeah. instead of both um, so you know when it comes to that I think just start to trim down and, and be realistic about how many times you want your name in the project yeah. a good example of what not to do is watch The Room by Tommy Wiseau yeah. another thing to keep in mind is if you're writer, director, producer say those three say John Doe, writer, director, producer. Don't do director, John Doe, producer, John Doe, writer, John Doe. 
And that's why it's good to watch The Room, because he did all of those things. So his name pops up like 25 times, and it's kind of unbearable, you know? Yeah. But the film I made was pretty cool. Was it better than The Room? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in like, yeah, of course. It's like, The Room is not a good movie. So yeah. That's not a high bar. Yeah, that's fair. But um, didn't make anyone laugh as much as The Room, so... <laughs> uh, is there anything else you can think of for credits um, yeah I mean this is more of a technical tip but you know if you're making credits sometimes mm. people will do them differently like the way this is the way I like to do it um, I'll just give you like a little run through I'll do it in After Effects normally mm. I'll write out all my credits and whatever um, I'll do any single slates like fade in fade out whatever and then for the rolling credits a lot of the times what people will run into is they'll have really jittery rolling credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have dropped frames or something that looks really like kind of shaky or whatever. Um, and if you don't want credits that look like that, you have to make sure you have the right settings in After Effects. Um, so make sure your sequence matches your editing, editing sequence. And that sounds kind of like basic, like you should. Mm-hmm. I made the mistake of starting a new After Effects sequence with rolling credits mm-hmm. and it was at 29 frames which I think it just kind of set it to automatically and I went and brought it this was for a feature I was uh, exporting and when I brought it into the feature and then I exported it and I was like oh why are these credits a little shaky I'm like oh I guess that's just how they are <laughs> and then I sent them to the distributor and then it failed to call the QC which is like the mm-hmm. quality check Yeah. Um, but I had a bunch of other issues but it was like other drop frames during the credits and I was like why is that happening and it turns out it was in a different frame rate so yeah. make sure your frame rates match that's kind of basic yeah, easy totally. mistake to make um, <clears throat> one other thing too is if you're using songs yeah. for um, like pre-recorded songs like you have Thunderstruck by ACDC yeah it's going to vary depending on how indie the artist is. We use a lot of indie stuff on Party Stories. As indie being, they don't have a record label. But basically, you want to get all the information you need. And if they don't have a record label, I would just recommend like artist, song, probably record it's on, the year, and a copyright. And if it is on a label, you'll probably have to include like what label it is, who um, distributed it, and stuff like that. But those, you can catch them in pretty much any movie. Just watch the credits and you'll kind of see the yeah. the formula of it. But you definitely want to include those because odds are it's going to be in the contract. And it'd be kind of douchey if you just were like, I don't want to put them in the credits, so they're not going in the credits. <laughs> like, give people credit if they deserve credit. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and just to touch on a couple more things for making smoother credits. If you're using um, white text, but don't set it to 100% white. Slightly set it off. Um, if you're having a black background just so it isn't like too contrasty which will create like some weird flickering on the edges of the words and stuff and try to pick bigger fonts not like super thin ones just keep in mind those things if you're making After Effects credits to make them smooth sweet yeah that's it alright so we got for this week um, yeah Christmas is coming up so happy holidays everyone yeah yay um and one more tip for credits, um, if you want, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's go into it. Stop talking! 
All right, that's it for this week, guys. We'll catch you next week. And another thing for credits. Uh, and cut.